When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 339 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Ah, yes. Back in the driver's seat. Here we are. Well, uh, yeah, it seems like it's been forever since I talked to you guys. Oh, I tell you, oh, what a week. Oh, plenty, plenty on the plate today, folks, let me tell you. But I also have a very special guest today. Yes, it's, uh, it's been a while. It's been a minute, as they say, since I've had him on. In fact, I believe the last time I had him on, I was on my original platform. I was still on my .com site back then. Farmer Rob makes his return. And we do 10 rapid fire questions and, uh, we talk, it's, it's old school talk, so you'll dig it. And then, of course, as a, as a Leaf fan, a suffering Leaf fan, but a realistic Leaf fan, that's what I dig about Farmer Rob, uh, we break down what he thinks is going on, what's going to happen with the Leafs and Reeves and the whole nine yards. And, but he's a good dude. I think you guys will enjoy it. So, uh, that will be at the, uh, on the back half of the program. But, uh, oh, where do we start? <laughs> folks um well first i'd like to say obviously i didn't have an episode sunday like i normally do um it was my niece's birthday as well as grandma the inlet my wife's grandma her birthday everybody was out at the farm and celebrating that 96 years old wow and um yeah so it just it general uh general busyness took over and um well, and I will say, I did actually have, well, I did, I had talked to Rob, I think, when was that, Thursday or Friday, whatever, it was last week, I did that part of the interview, so I had that in the can, so to speak, and that was going to be Sunday's episode, and I recorded, was it Friday night? I recorded an intro, and uh, I kind of, I, I, I don't know, I just didn't like it, it was, I, I was kind of, I was, well, I was ranting and raving like I usually do, but... 
I was kind of, I was off in left field a little bit. And then I stopped, went upstairs and came back down and couldn't get back in the groove. So I was like, well, I'm not going to put that out. I'll record tomorrow. And then of course, tomorrow became right now. So, um, <laughs> yes. So it's, it's taken me a little bit to get back behind the microphone and I was going to do it yesterday, but blame Tony, talk my ear off. <laughs> I always enjoy talking to Tony on the phone, but I was, I actually came down here to record and ended up talking to him on the phone for, for a little while. And then I was like, ah, you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. So I, I, yes, I'm pushing it back and pushing it back, but no more. I'm here. You're here. Well, let's talk about some stuff. Well, first, well, we'll do this first. We'll talk about these jolly jokers and then we'll get on with things. As I said, I'm a member of the hockey podcast network over a hundred shows on the network. I'm part of the original content creator side with Terry Ryan, myself, and Jolton Joel Azito of the Coliseum Chronicles. Uh, it is a New York Islander-based podcast. And uh, right now, his latest episode is actually a, a rerun, so to speak, with, uh, with, with new, di- would it be a new, a new director's cut? When Joe switched over from his original platform to the network... A bunch of his uh, earlier episodes didn't make it over, so he's re-upping those. And right now, it, it's part three with Mick Fakoda. Now, I know, as of today, Mick Fakoda will be hot for a minute because he was just on Spit and Chiglets. And uh, I'm sure everybody's listening to that. This is the best interview ever. Well, Joe did this shit about three years ago with Mick Fakoda, and it's way better than anything Spit and Chiglets can do, I can tell you that. So I would definitely, and Mick's a great storyteller, and uh, I would definitely encourage you to check out Joe, his, I, I don't know how many parts it is, like four or five or something like that with uh, Fakoda. So definitely do that and uh, it'll be much better, believe me. And uh, then we got, oh, Mud Show. Yeah, speaking of, here we go. Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast. Um. It was, well, last week he put out an episode and it was basically to get ready for the opening weekend of the East Coast Hockey League. And, uh, he had former, uh, tough East Coast League tough guy on there, Al, or, uh, Stephen Fournier. And, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about his career, but then they just basically went over, like, the possible fight matchups for the weekend. And he kind of gave his feelings on a few guys. And, uh, no, it was cool. So check that out. And, uh, also, both guys have great back catalogs that I highly encourage you to check out. And, uh, yeah, please do. And download Don't Stream because that's how we get paid. And, uh, no, if you like the show and you and subscribe to the channel. And uh, speaking of, YouTube. If you're into YouTube, uh, Fourth Line Voice and YouTube, I have over 2,000 fight videos on there from all different leagues. Uh, check that out. Alec, the Five for Fighting podcast, he has, uh, he has a channel and it's a bunch of East Coast League clips. And my boy Jay out in Iowa, D Skunk, like the letter D Skunk, like the animal, D Skunk on YouTube. And he has been doing this for about a decade. He has like old UHL stuff, IHL stuff, and then current Southern Pro League stuff. And uh, yeah, check that out as well. And uh, they are up to date. They got current stuff on there now too, folks. Um yeah, and as I always say, if you if you if you're watching, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. They YouTube loves that. And if you watch a video on YouTube, no matter whose video it may be, and you enjoy it, hit the thumbs up button because that really helps the creator out with the algorithms with YouTube because YouTube likes that sort of thing. So 
download don't stream hit that like button and subscribe there you go that's the the three things that you can do as a listener uh, as a content consumer so to speak to help us out that would be greatly appreciated but all right let's get into uh today's action i don't want to talk for very long because rob and i i don't know how long rob and i go for but i don't know about half an hour 35 minutes something like that but um i'm gonna talk to you guys for a little while um where are my little notes here where to begin um well <clears throat> i'll get into the whole ov sa- that that saga that'll be last of my my week on the internet ranting here but uh well well first a, a couple player uh some some past fights that happened this past weekend and some current signings uh, and the, well, the Federal Pro Hockey League, uh, Chase Tippin and Justin Schmidt have joined the Watertown Wolves of the Federal Pro League. So they're back at it this year, which could be very interesting when they play Danbury with Amesbury and Corey Allen. So that could be, uh, some fireworks. And, uh, those games are actually free live and free on YouTube if you want to check them out. So, I think when Watertown and Danbury get together, uh, be tuning in early because there'll be fireworks. Um, speaking of fireworks, this past weekend in the LNH, he's back, folks. Back and fighting, of all things. Well, first of all, Derek Parker is back in Laval for the season. And, uh, and of course, he put on a show like he always does. But he also, Laval had him out and they celebrated his 200th game in the LNH. And uh, he celebrated by fighting a couple times, Pat, fighting Patrick Bortolo. That's right, former Colorado Avalanche. And um, and then they followed it up the next day by starting a pregame, Derek Parker that is, by starting a, a little pregame brawl with uh, Poulan and the boys from, uh, was it uh, Joliet Marquis or whatever. And uh, later in the game, he fought 51-year-old Donald Brashear is back and playing in the LNH part-time, and him and Derek Parker went at it, and uh, well, I laugh, and of course a couple of people, well, it wasn't much of a fight. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, one guy's 51 and the other guy's like 42. I mean, were we expecting Tasker and Sen? Come on now. Um, but nonetheless, they went at it, and uh, I didn't think, I, I put that on Twitter. I said, I didn't think I'd be uh, saying Derek Parker and Donald Brashear dropped the gloves in the LNAH in 2023. I didn't think I'd be typing that, but there I was. So, uh, yeah, craziness early on in this hockey season. And actually tonight, the Kalamazoo Wings had their home opener, and Nico Blatchman, 20 seconds in, scores in his first game with KZU, and then later on in that period, fights, and I think he got, in a, he got a Gordial hat trick in his first game with the Wings. So there you go. So, congratulations, Nico. Well done, sir. And I'm looking forward to the, uh, to that and, uh, for the, to see how he does for the rest of the season. So, good start. Good start. I like it. Um, yes. And of course, Ryan Devines in Kansas City. I'm not quite sure if he's played yet, though. I'm, I know Kansas City's played. I think they're three and oh, actually. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's been in the lineup yet. Don't quote me that say he hasn't been, but I don't, I know he didn't play the one game, but I don't think he's, I don't think he's played yet. But, um, anyway, but I'm, he will get into the lineup soon enough. But, um, yeah, well, and then in the NHL, I mean, uh, somebody sent me the, the clip from the fight the other night, uh, Brady Kachuk and Alex Tuck, when, uh, Kachuk dropped them and gave him a shot while they were down. And 
Oh, this guy on Twitter crying, of course. Oh, broke the unwritten rule in the code. I know all these fucking, all the code bros are out in full force crying about it. No, he should be suspended. I'm like, so you want to suspend the guy for hurting the other guy in a fight? It's really what it, it's what it comes down to. See, uh, this is where we are, folks. Don't hurt the guy in a fist. If you're going to get into a fight, you can, you can have a fist fight, but don't hurt the other guy. That's where we are now. And, um, yeah, <laughs> like, well, first of all, so the play goes, Kachuk kind of hits, hits Tuck a little high, but like, just like a face wash, abo-y kind of thing. Goes back, the, the guy didn't go down or anything, but goes back about the play, whatever. And as he's coming out of the zone, oh, old Alex Tuck pulls the, kind of sticks his knee out, kind of puts his shoulder into him, the subtle, but an interference shot nonetheless. Oh, Kachuk goes spinning down, he gets up and he's like, yeah, motherfucker, all right. They drop the gloves and they go at it. A few punches later, it was really like Koser on Kite, kind of in that way. But I mean, he, Tuck wasn't like he didn't crack. Like it wasn't like when Koser hit Kite and he was like, you know, down and out before even as he was going down. He didn't crack him with a big KO punch, but Tuck was going down. And when he was on the ground, you know, Kachuk came down on him and hit him with a right hand. It's like, yeah, all right, well, whatever. It's a fist fight. I mean, we're fighting until they separate us. I mean. Uh, you want them fighting when they're mad because, oh, you don't like staged fight. You don't like this. You don't like that. Well, you got to fight that. I only like fights that mean something. Well, goddamn, that meant something. I can tell you that. Well, and then when it happens, oh, he shouldn't do that. That's when he's down. That's Bush League. And, oh, so what? So you're mad when they don't fight. You're mad when they do fight. If it wasn't off the face, you don't like stage. It's just on and on and on. It's always something. So, well, I only like fights when they mean something. Well, there you go. It meant something, and you were still crying about it. So, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, you just really don't like fights. But, I mean, I love these cats. It's it's like it's mass hypnosis now with all these new age fans. And the media, and I, I shouldn't just say, I take that back. I shouldn't just say new fans. Because I see it on these fight boards with all the, apparently all these old, knowledgeable hockey fight fans. I see a bunch of them whining about it. And like I said, it's like this group thing of like, oh, it's the code, square up, be a man about it, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I only like when they fight if they mean something. And, and like I said, then when it, and then when it's something like this, they still cry about, well, you didn't really need to do that when he was down. And all. like, it's just, it just doesn't end with you people. But it's like the whole media, they've, they've just, oh, between the code. And like I said, it's just like mass hypnosis now with these people. It's just like, they all drank the Kool-Aid. So, holy shit. Like, whatever. But good on you, Brady Kachuk. I mean, you were mad. You guys were... You had an issue. You settled it. And, well, Alex Tuck should get better at fighting, I guess, then. You know? All right. Or don't fight. Because you're not good at it, I guess. So, there we go. But... um. What else do I got here on my little thing? Oh, well, I mean, I know we kind of talk, well, and Farmer Rob and I obviously talk about Reeves too, but, and I know it seems to be a, holy shit, every week are you going to talk about Ryan Reeves? Well, I know, I laugh, I noticed Reeves is like the, is the new, the Toronto media whipping boy now. Like, you know, it was Castle, blah, blah. Every year they got to have a guy. Well, this year it's going to be Reeves. You know, and even the fans. Well, and then that's the other thing. 
so what game was it? Was the Calgary game with Toronto? When was it the big the Kilkoff or whatever for Calgary? That big D man kind of chucked Nylander into the boards. They were kind of battling, but Nylander so we got threw him in, kind of had whatever. It was it was dirty, yeah, you know whatever. Nylander got up and shit, but right away. Oh, well, I thought that's why we got Reeves. Why didn't he straighten that out? Blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, he wasn't on the ice when it happened. Um, and, of course, oh, yeah, I, I laugh. Of all people, Stevie Dangle, the next day on his podcast, is uh, I saw the clip. It's just giving it to Reeves. Like, what are you here fucking here for? He's all mad and yelling. And First of all, do you think that defense, that kill cough or whatever for Cal... So later, Reeves should have come over the next fucking shift that went at him. Oh, yeah, Dangle's just losing his mind. I'm like, do you think that guy's going to fight Reeves? What in his history says he's going to fight Reeves? Oh, it's game four of the season. Reeves should just grab him and beat the shit out of him. Oh, yeah, if it's 1986, he can do that. And he'll get, like, four minutes for roughing and a ten-minute misconduct, maybe. Do that shit now. Oh, he'd get two, five, a game suspended, and then you'd all and and you'd all cry that he gave Calgary a seven minute power play and blah blah blah. So you're mad when he didn't do it. Then you're mad, and then well, that's why we got. Well, that shouldn't. Ha- I thought that's why we got him. Like somehow having Reeves on the team magically means no Toronto player is ever going to get hit ever again. Because if it happens, then well, that, what did we get him for? That's just a waste of time. Like you, like that's. You realize you can't enforce anymore, right? Well, again, no, they don't, apparently. Like, uh, there's no enforcing anymore. There isn't. Because you can't do anything. You grab a guy and he doesn't fight back, you're getting suspended. So, it's, yeah. My perfect example is go watch Thornton and Orpac. He got 15 games for that. When basically all he did was enforce. He just did what they all did in the 70s and 80s and 90s. And look what happened. And it cost him a bunch of money and everything else. So, you know, that and it's like, well, the thing with Toronto is, well, there's other guys in the ice. Like, why can't they jump in? Why is it solely on Reeves' shoulders to do all this? He has to fight everyone all the time. He's already been in two fights in four games. Like, and he's throwing his weight around. He's throwing a bunch of hits. But no, if he doesn't fight, then it's a waste of money and blah, blah, blah. Well, why didn't somebody else? That's the problem with the Leafs. Well, it's, it, why, it should be a team toughness thing. Like, you know, you should all be jumping in there. And this kill, this guy for Calgary's big, but I mean, he, who's he ever fought? Like, so, I mean, whatever. But I just laugh. Well, we had, this isn't supposed to, I thought this was, of course, it's always the, you know, just the uh, passive aggressive bullshit. Well, isn't that what Reeves is there for? Well, okay. And then, of course, Dangle's going on eight minutes, seven. That's all he's played. And, uh, yeah, and he isn't, he isn't really helping. Lost the last couple. Well, yeah, the Leafs scored a grand total of one goal in each of those games. But somehow, you know, and, oh, and Reeves is a minus. Well, well, the four other guys in the ice were on him, were out in the ice with him were minuses too. Uh, you didn't bring them up though. Why is it just Reeves? Oh, I get it. Cause you don't like him. You know, and that, cause he's the Leafs, when the Leafs only score one goal and they lose, it's cause Ryan Reeves is on the team. Oh, okay. I, I get it. <laughs> what are we doing? You know, like just, you know, just, oh, reach harder, reach harder. You know, so apparently if the, if the Leafs lose 
And and also, if any Leaf gets hit and Reeves doesn't fight in every game, he's a waste of money. And I, I knew, I told, I fucking told us so, as Ricky would say. Yeah, old Stevie was just ready to, yeah, he was giving everybody, oh, and I spent so much money on him. I, I, yeah, 1.3, all of a sudden, that's like breaking the budget for the Toronto Maple Leafs was that 1.3 a season they're giving Reeves. Holy shit. Like, yeah, oh, we're fucked now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what? Oh, yeah. Well, we gotta replace him on the fourth line. Okay, who are you gonna replace him with? Like, really? Who? Who's gonna do more than he does? Seriously. Like, I love these guys that like they view real hockey like it's their their uh, NHL twenty three team on the PlayStation. Like. The fourth line, the the fourth line boys. Their fourth line on their video game has like twenty goals. Each forward's got twenty eight goals. Like, oh, we should have balanced scoring through all four lines. Oh yeah, because that's that's how life really works. Yeah. Okay, so you take Reeves out and do what with him? So, oh, I get. Oh, I love this one. So, the, oh, we got you know Jimmy Joe down there in the in the American League. He's Leading them with the Toronto Marlies in scoring. Why don't they bring him up and replace Reeves with him? Okay, so the guy that's down on the Marlies that gets all the, that plays 20 minutes a game and is on, on all the special teams is on the power plays and everything else. You want to take that, give him and bring him to the NHL, put him on the fourth line and give him seven minutes and no special teams. And you think he's going to flourish in this environment. Oh, yeah. Like, you really don't know how this works, do you? Like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anytime the Leafs lose, folks, it is Ryan Reeves' fault. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Um. Well, before we get into... Uh, I want to get into Farmer Rob's thing, and, and I'm, I'm tired of talking, and I'm sure people are tired of listening to me. Um, the last thing I want to bring up, and I brought it up the previous episode when I talked about the Ovi spearing that Frederick kid or whatever and the nuts on that, on that Facebook reel or whatever that I commented on. And then I said, holy shit, my notifications blew up and oh, I had ex players yelling at me. I had every playground insult thrown at me from all the Ovi fanboys and like nobody coming up with a compelling argument against me. It was all just, I was a loser. I didn't get it and blah, blah, blah. You know, and there must, yeah, must be a Bruins guy. Yeah, you fuck around and find out that's what happened to the rook. And like, oh, okay. I love the one that it's like, you, ex- when I, cause I called Ovechkin, Ovechkin spear, like, Frederick, for those that haven't seen the clip, Frederick, him and Ovechkin kind of bump into each other, and then Frederick kind of cross checks him twice in the arm, which apparently was the most grievous, grievant trot, or the most vicious cross checks of all time, because that's all anybody, that was their big justification for it, was all these massive cross checks that this guy was laying on Ovechkin. I mean, you get harder cross checks in front of the net, standing in front of the net on the power play, but okay, whatever you need to justify it and sleep at night, sure. But, uh, so this kid cross checks Ovi a couple times, and Ovi spears him in the balls, which apparently, I, I laughed because I told a bunch of these fangirls, I said, if the roles were reversed, you'd be yelling that Ovi should be getting three to five in the state, or that Frederick should be getting three to five in the state pen if he had speared Ovi. But since it's Ovi, oh, Russian machine, since it was him, 
you know, oh, the kid deserved it. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, I had a few guys, including an ex-player, telling me, oh, so Ovechkin should fight this six-minute bag of hammers. Well, if you'd done any research, well, Frederick, first of all, he was a first-round pick out of college, and he had 17 goals. So it's like, yeah, no, he's not a fourth-line goon, like the comments were suggesting. So once again, who are we dealing with here? Yeah, like I said, a, a bunch of, you know, real fucking hockey geniuses here. But, um... I'm not going to go on and on. Well, I'm not going to go on. And here I am going on and on about it. But you won't believe 10 days later after I made that comment. And it wasn't that I made. I didn't reply to anybody's comment. I just made the comment on the reel. All I put is Ovechkin's been. No surprise. Ovechkin's been gutless his whole career. That was my comment. My notifications blew up for 10 days. I would hear from just idiots. Just randomly chirping. And it's just, like I said, it's this mass hypnosis that Ovechkin is apparently some tough guy. Oh, because at one time he knocked out some kid in a fight. Well, as I always say, the kid he beat up was an 18-year-old Russian kid that had, had that literally, not, this isn't hyperbole, exaggeration or anything, had never been in a fight before. So, okay, he knocked him out. Oh, then he must be... No, I'm not saying the kid didn't deserve I don't. I don't have a problem with him dropping that, whatever the fuck, right? I don't care. In a fight, you you know, they both dropped the gloves and you found out. But nonetheless, I'm not going to start putting the the heavyweight crown on Ovi because he knocked this kid out. Because I said, well, go watch his other two, his whole other two career fights against guys that have actually fought before and he's completely lost and doesn't know what he's doing. And this, actually speaking of which, this Frederick kid, I don't know who he fought the other night, but it was a really good fight. And uh, it was quick and dirty, but he hammered the kid with some shots, broke the kid's nose and whatever. And I put underneath, I said, and all you people think Ovi's going to mess this guy up? Yeah, right. Or Ovi's going to manhandle this guy? Yeah, right. So oh, Frederick would have fucking dummied Ovechkin. You know, like, again, when when did Ove- when did Ovechkin can fight? When did this, again, this hypnosis, mass, it's like this Chara thing. Like, all of a sudden, these guys are just killers. Okay, what in their history lends... That get that lends credence to your to your uh, statement. Like I can't. Like I told this one. Oh, Ovechkin's not. He always backs it up. I said, how? With what? What does he back up? He has the same amount of fighting majors as Gretzky in his career. Like, oh, what other star players fight? I said, what other star players act like him? Because it was like, oh, I don't see McKinnon and Crosby and all them fighting like that. And I'm like, well, Crosby's got more fights than Ovechkin, but sure. They actually, everyone has more fights than Ovechkin does. Uh, but they don't spear people in the balls and run guys from behind. And like I said, I, I will put, actually, I, I keep mentioning it all the time. In this episode, in the link below, in the description, I will put the link to that Ovechkin 10-minute YouTube video of him running around with all his greasy shit. Yeah. So just, if you watch that video, just remember when you're watching that, he doesn't fight after any of that. Oh, then the other comments I was getting, nobody wants to mess with him. What? Again. Oh, yeah, you think the league is like, oh yeah, like like Reeves and Lucic and all the, Jamie Benn and all these guys are scared of him. Sure they are. Yeah. Whatever. Again, it's just this justification. And it's not that I have anything against Ovechkin. I don't care about Ovechkin. I do, I'm not. And I and like, oh, he's going to the Hall of Fame, buddy. I know I, that's not has nothing to do with what I'm talking about now. But 
Anyway, enough of that. I ranted and raved about that. Sorry, I'm I'm getting off track. But my point being is, um, after it was kind of all said and done, I ended up having a, a private with someone that didn't like my initial our our back and forth in the Ovechkin Frederick thing. Then it went off away away from that onto my Facebook page, and apparently took uh, exception to some of comments that I made, like my Facebook posts he didn't like, and uh, had and apparently in private message he told me, "Boy, I got a proper scolding," and um, it was actually the whole thing was pretty sad and pathetic, to be completely honest. And uh, the thing I said, it's like a social experiment of social media. It's like, it's a psychologist dream because it's like, I have all these guys. They'll reply to you and call you, they were calling me dummy or I didn't get it or clearly I'm clueless. And I'm like, oh, what am I clueless about? Their initial, their immediate reaction is, oh yeah, are you triggered, bud? Triggered much? Well, I'm not the one replying and swearing at a stranger. That's you. So it would appear in this conversation that you're the one that's triggered and bothered by this. I'm not. I actually found the whole thing, well, I'd find it funny if it wasn't so sad. You know, like I said, I invited the one guy on the show. I said, well, you got so much to say to me in the in the comment section. Come on my show and talk to me. But of course, the little bitch that he is doesn't. I've noticed all the guys that I've actually offered the platform to come on the show and and debate me have not taken it up one time, but you can sure flap lips behind a keyboard, but you know, can't do it. Can't verbalize it though. No, it's like, you're just children stomping your feet and you're mad. And a couple people, this person in general, and that I'm talking about, I don't, I'm not going to throw names out, whatever, but it just act like a spoiled child stomping his feet that he, I don't know if he was mad because he couldn't get me mad or I wasn't mad about it. Like, and again, I I was initially, the whole thing was, I was just having a respectful disagreement and going back and forth and just disagreed with his stance and he didn't like mine and okay, fine. That's, you know, like I said, I have disagreements with, with people I live with all the time. It's, it's not a, you know, whatever, but then to come back and start swearing and everything else when... I was nothing but respectful to you and your career and whatever. I don't know what you felt the need to start swearing at me and call me every name in the book. And all right, I guess if that makes you feel better, but somehow I'm the one that's triggered by all this. Oh, okay. Well, it doesn't bother me. Um, just, I actually found it quite sad actually for you. And it's like, and people like, and it's amazing. Like I said, the amount, you guys wouldn't believe my notifications. You would not believe them. You know, and it's just, oh, and then the other day, like, some guy's like, oh, yeah, go tell fourth line voice he's a girl. Uh, all right, like, I, I saw the screenshot, and, and I've, and the guy who said it, I have literally never conversed with. I've never had an interaction online with this person ever. He's in the same fight groups I'm in. I've seen, like, I've seen his name, and I've seen him post things, but I have never responded to anything he's posted. Or had an interaction with him or anything. But apparently I got to eat with him too. So, alright. I'm like, holy shit, I'm getting everyone mad at me. So I have no idea what I did to people or whatever. But, oh, because I thought Ovechkin spearing a guy in the balls was gutless. And for all the greasy hits he's thrown, he's never fought anybody. 
is gutless. Apparently, that makes me the biggest piece of shit on the face of the earth. Oh yeah, okay. Well, I guess so then. You know, and like I said, I might they've notifications have finally died down the last couple of days. But it got to the point I was just blocking guy any guy that would comment. I just block him because it's like I don't care. Like, just go away. Like you're a goop. Like it wasn't like they had any. Like I said, it wasn't any respectful disagreement back at. Oh, I disagree because I think he should do this, this, and this, and we could have a respectful, you know, conversation about it. I was I love doing that. That's the whole. Well, like I said, I thought that was the point of social media, you know. Um, but no, instead it's. I, I swear, I know fan is short for fanatic, but it's like, it literally is a mental disorder, I think, with a lot of these people. They just can't see anything otherwise, or they're just, they just become morons as soon as the teen colors get involved, or their favoritist. It's embarrassing. You're a grown adult. You're not a 10-year-old in the playground. But they act like it, and it's, and it's, it's sad. And there's a lot of you that literally... And I know a bunch of you, I, I can almost guarantee, are listening to this right now because it's like, you've been swearing at me for a week. So I'm sure at some point, oh, I bet you he's going to talk about me on his show. Well, here you go. Congratulations, I am. And, you know, whatever. But you need to log off and, like, go get some help or go outside or something or go play with your dog or get a hobby or something. Start a podcast. There's some therapy for you. Get a podcast. You could swear, just like me, and you could just swear for an hour about everybody online or the, everyone that disagrees with you online. And there you go. It'd be like a, it's like a therapy session for you because you need to do something. Because again, you keep saying I'm the one that's triggered and okay, snowflake. All right, a snowflake. Oh, that's the other thing I noticed. The people that love to call people snowflakes. You you find it funny that they you know they seem to they actually seem to be the biggest snowflakes of them all. I don't know. It's kind of funny that way, but but anyway, folks. Yeah, it was just and it was too bad because I I you know I didn't mind talking to this guy, the ex player, and um, at one time I wanted him on the show. I asked him a couple times to come on the show. He wasn't in, well, he wasn't interested, and that's fine. He wasn't into it, but um, I I was and like I said with the with the players, every player, I've been nothing. Re- well, that's the whole point of this show. That's the whole point of my shtick online. Why I put up pictures every day and everything else. I've I respect the guys that did the role. Hence the name of the vo- of the show, Fourth Line Voice. Like I said, that was my goal is to shine the spotlight on those guys and and give them the respect that I think they've earned. And and I when I come across or have interactions with ex players. Some haven't been good, like I. But I don't start swearing at them, right? I always try to remain respectful with them. Well, until they start, you know, becoming disrespectful to me, I'm not just going to take that. I mean, I'm a 48 year old man. I'm not going to sit there and let just let you swear and treat me like a bitch. Like it's like and have no common courtesy or anything like that. Like no, I'll call you on it. But if we're talking about a hockey play or a an incident in hockey and we're having a disagreement. I'm like, okay, listen here, you fucking moron. Like, well, no, like, I mean, that's what they were doing to me, but it's like, no, I will be respectful to them. I'll just say, I disagree. I think you should have done that. Don't you? And if that had happened when you were doing this, what would you have done? Blah, blah. You know, I always remain, you know, and, and then, so to have them turn and just like start yelling at me and swearing and, oh, you live vicariously through fighters. It's like, okay, no, I don't. But that's, I, I, 
I celebrate them and respect them and have, have, have them on the show and talk about their careers and stuff like that. It's a respect thing. But, you know, I mean, if you're 50 some years old and the only thing you could talk about is shit from 30 years ago, well, you know, your glory days and you got a mouthful of memories. I mean, which is cool, but I mean, you have another half of your life to live doing something that tried to do something else. You know, and running around social media and swearing at people and making multiple accounts and everything else. And, you know, if that's, that's not healthy. So, I don't know. Like, I, like, again, I, it's not that I hate you or have any ill will towards you. It's just, I don't know. Just log off, dude. Like, fuck. It ain't worth it. So, but anyway. That was too bad, but uh, we we uh, we roll on. And speaking of rolling on, uh, we'll do some sponsorship stuff, and then let's get into it. We'll we'll do my ten rapid fire questions with Farmer Rob. And again, I want to thank Rob for coming on the show. And uh, certainly, we won't be so long in between appearances next time, Rob. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, get him on sooner. But uh, I will say before I put it on. I, it's funny, and, and again, hey, folks, there you go. It's there. It's completely. You can tell the show isn't scripted, and I didn't go back and edit anything, or um, because I we bring up the name Nathan Parrot comes up when we talk about the Leafs, and I make the statement of I really thought he would fight more. He didn't really with the Leafs. It was it was too bad, or something along those lines. I'm paraphrasing, but something like that. And then we went. I think as Rob's talking, I go and look it up, and I bring it up on the air. I think I bring it up on the air. I was like, well, holy shit, he actually fought 16 times this season. Oh, there you go. So I hear I am shitting on a guy. I never fought with the Leafs. He fought 16 times in one year. Ah, sorry, Nathan. No disrespect. But uh, for some reason, I there was an incident where he should have fought, and he really got chastised for not fighting by the media. And a couple ex-players, I want to say Cherry kind of gave it to him too. Don't quote me on that. But some pre-gay, or some intermission, I want to say it was Cherry, or somebody... Uh, kind of shit on Parrot for like, again, we're going back how many years, 20 years, but, um, but I remember just watching it and I remember, cause I remember Parrot from the IHL shit and it was just like, I thought he would do more, but then it turns out he fought 16 times. So it's like, holy shit, how much do you want? So, but there you go. I will, uh, I will, I will certainly take the L on that one and it's my mistake. And, uh, there you go. I will own up to it. Uh, but there you go. So, my apologies to Nathan Parrott, but uh, there you go. That's what happens. You got uh, no net, folks. You're just going off, uh, going from the seat of your pants when you're recording. So, and stuff like that happens. So, but I will go back. Like, make the mistake or whatever. I like to go back and uh, if you can correct it uh, later, please try to do so anyway. But, uh, oh, Darren, shut up. Let's get into it. Uh, Here's some sponsorship and then. 10 rapid-fire questions with Farmer Rob. Thanks, guys, and uh, we will talk to you on Sunday. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code THPN to sign up. 
New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas City, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. All right, here on the fourth line voice, I got a special guest, returning guest. It's been years, folks, years, and shame on me. But I've I've always enjoyed this character, and I'm glad to have him back on the show. Uh, he's affectionately known on on on. I was going to say Twitter. I guess it's X now. As Farmer Rob, Rob out in Toronto. How you doing tonight, man? Good to hear from you again. I'm doing. I'm doing well, Darren, and thanks for having me on. Well, I uh, I greatly appreciate it, and like uh, we were just saying before we got going, I said, "Man, oh man, I think the last time I had you on was like it was like I was like fourthlinevoice.com. I wasn't even on the network yet, and uh, <laughs> and I think we talked about some London night. You used to go to the London Knights games way back in the day, and we talked about all that stuff. Yep, I'm uh, I'm just about a twenty minute drive from London, so uh, yeah, I had a lot of a lot of years of uh, a lot of years of falling the nights over. Yep. Yeah, that was, and like back in the crazy times too, like the bird dog and Shanahan and that type of shit, right? Yeah, I, I started, uh, early seventies, even, uh, Rob Ramich and Brad Marsh and, uh, but, uh, I, I attended the games when, uh, yeah, Shanahan was, uh, was a rookie. I, that's when I started, uh, real regular, like two, three games a month, actually. Yeah, man, that was, uh, that was some crazy times back then with, uh, you know, and especially, you know, yet, well, I mean, you know, talk at Probert, Domi, and Peterborough. And I mean, that was just that, what a golden time, man, back then. Yeah, no, uh, it was. It, uh, sometimes you go to an exhibition game and, uh, preseason exhibition game and there'd be, uh, eight, 10, 12 fights in the game. And, uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a lot different era back then, but boy, it was a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk about some different eras. We're going to talk about some current eras too, because, well, okay, well, I'll bring that up later. We're going to do that at the end here. I'm going to talk to you about the Leafs. Of course, Farmer Rob, big Leaf fan. He's such a big Leafs fan. Do you still have the silo with the maple leaf painted on it at the farm? Yes, yes, it's still there. Uh, <laughs> standing tall and proud, I guess. Tremendous. Love it. All right, well, we're going to get into all this but uh, about that. But I wanted to have you on, of course. I've been doing for the last little while, I call it the 10 rapid-fire questions. And uh, I have different fight fans on, and we, I kind of I hit them with... And now Rob doesn't know these questions that I'm going to ask him. So, uh, and it's kind of like the lightning round. And, what I, you know, from your answers, we'll kind of, you know, we'll, we'll say, as the kids say, we'll, uh, we'll riff off some of your answers here, and uh, we'll see where it takes us. But uh, are you ready to do the 10 rapid-fire questions? Ready as I ever be. Let's go. Well, there we go. Well, we'll start off with an easy one. Favorite enforcer of okay. all time? Uh, 
I guess did I lose you, Darren? Uh, you, uh, you did for a second, but I'm, we're back here. Okay, go ahead. Your favorite? Yep. Yeah, no, Ty Domi. There you go. All right. Now, I, well, there we go. Speaking of Domi, did, I'm assuming you watched him in Peterborough a bunch of times. Actually, I saw him come through London, but I only saw him come through, I think, one time in live in June. Yeah. The uh, conference in London was in the West. Okay. And um, I think back then I did a whole and I did see him play one game. And, of course, he was from uh, Windsor or the Windsor area as a kid. And so he had a big uh, a big, uh, big fan support there. Like a lot of family members were at that game. Yeah. yeah that's a long time ago, Darren. Uh, well, we, we, we both lived for a long time. So, yeah, we're, you know, <laughs> we're, we're definitely blowing the dust off of this podcast. I'm telling you. I'm right with you. But, yeah. uh, you know. But tied only. There you go. Solid answer. And of course, but hey, I, I got to put you on the spot here. We got to flip the coin here. Who's your most hated enforcer of all time? Now oh, yeah. I know, I know, uh, hate, hates, hates a strong word. We don't need to, you know, who did at the time when they were playing? You're like, I don't like this guy. I'm not saying you're going to run him over in the yeah. parking lot, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no. Um, this is going to go back into the seventies, and I'm um, I'm not sure you'd qualify him he's more of an agitator but he was tough but uh i used to really really dislike hound dog bob he um hound dog uh, you, he, he you're cutting out hound, hound dog bob kelly you said yeah it, okay he um he i'll try and move around here Darren, maybe i get a better reception but um he was a real agitating kind of guy and he would uh he, yeah and then of course i was a kid back then and, and boy did i dislike him with a passion so well, is that any better, Darren? Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, it. Uh, well, it's okay. fu- it's funny. You, uh, it was just was it yesterday or the night before? Um, yeah, there was a there was a big discussion of one of the fight groups on Facebook, and they were a couple guys were shitting all over Kelly. And uh, so it's funny that you throw his name out at the time. Yeah, you're not certainly not the first person or the last person that I'm gonna that uh, I'm sure will say Hound Dog Kelly. But um, now, now looking looking back at it, Darren, he was just doing his job, and he was really good at it. Yeah, you know. Yep. But at the time, he was one of them guys that just, yeah, I whenever. But there again, I never missed a Flyers game when I was a kid because I wanted to see them when they're playing the Leafs. So there you go. Well, it's one of those things, right? Every well, it's like anything, right? Every movie needs a bad guy, or else you got a pretty boring, yeah. or you got a pretty boring movie. So you know it. And oh, on the yeah, fly- no, those. Those Flyers teams had a lot of bad guys on them, actually. But he was the he was the one I would pick out of the group, I guess you'd say. Yeah, well, exactly. But you know, at the same time, that's what everybody always they hated him. But they were probably the number one draw on the road too, right? Everybody wanted to come out and see him get killed, right? So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, there we go. So we got the favorite, we got the hated. All right. Well, I'm going to test your mind here. Uh, what's the best fight you've seen live? Oh boy. Um. Live, I'd have to be something about a junior. Um, I I uh, I happened to I wouldn't say it was an actual one fight, but I happened to be in London one one year, and uh, it was on Valentine's Day, and they called it the Valentine's Day massacre, and uh, they dropped the puck. London was playing uh, was the Hamilton. No, I got to think of their names back then. And Bill LaForge was coaching, yeah. And they dropped the puck, and everybody everybody on the ice went. And uh, Greg Smith was playing for London then, and they were trying to keep him out of the fight um, for some reason. And uh, it was an absolute Donnybrook and a, and a bloodbath. It was just crazy. 
Um, I thought, you know, three seconds into the game. And, you know, there's a lot of guys there that didn't go on and play any pro that were in that game. But uh, I remember there was a poor French kid named Patrick Richon, and holy cow, did he get beat up bad. And uh, But, yeah, no, and it, it went on for probably three-quarters of an hour, an hour. And uh, it was it was a wild night for sure. Um, you know, and I don't I haven't attended a whole ton of pro games just where I'm located and everything else. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of great live fights. No. Well, no, no, that's that's cool. No, yeah, the Hamilton uh, the Hamilton Steelhawks. I'm just uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they had Shane Corson and like Kirk Tomlinson, uh, Mike Ware, uh, Troy Crowder, Dennis Vl. I mean. That was in uh, that, that that was in eighty five eight. That was Greg Smith last year. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that that Mike Ware was different than the Mike Ware that he played. For, they had Leafs drafted a kid a few years later named Mike Ware, but that Mike Ware was an absolute dominant enforcer in the in the OHL that that LaForge had there. He was he was an absolute uh, just a just a, a brutal guy. Just <laughs> he fit right into the motif of the Steelhawks. But he was one tough cookie for sure. Yeah, he was. What big dude, six five. Yeah, he was actually. Yeah, he was drafted by the Oilers, and uh, you know mm-hmm. played a, just a couple games with Edmonton, and then uh, you know a couple seasons in the American League, and then he went over to Europe yep. and played over there forever. He was over in the UK League for a long, long time with Cardiff and uh, and London and stuff. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, he's a legend over in the UK. But yeah, he uh, he's a bad dude, man. I was. I was surprised he didn't have a better a better pro career here in North America because I I honestly the way he was in junior I thought it was he it had been a natural evolution even if he had been in the American Hockey League a little longer you know but he just seemed to go he was in and gone you know yeah yeah he had a couple like yeah first year in Nova Scotia with the Oilers he had 250 minutes and then he had 317 the next year and yeah a couple more seasons in Cape Breton and then that was it and then off to the UK so yeah. um, actually I have talked to him a couple times on here i want to get him on the show it's actually a guy that's on my list that i was talking about before um well and i was gonna say and like we said when you mentioned with hamilton of course uh, you know one of the names that we tossed out of course was shane corson mm-hmm. yeah he he was the ringleader of that, that club and uh oh they were <laughs> but there again same thing as hound dog bob kelly i never missed when hamilton came into london i, I saw every game even if it was playoffs and I had to stand up at the rafters, standing room only or whatever, they were they were a terrific draw and boy were they entertaining. Just every every time they come into town, you never London, you never knew what you were going to get. So, no, yeah, absolutely. Well, and of course, you know, um, uh, well, I know, I mean, Probert briefly played with Hamilton, and then he was in the Sioux. But I know the one year he played for, <laughs> or a couple of years he played in Brantford with the Alexanders. Yep. Um, do you remember watching Probert at the time? I, I, no, I was a little too young to be at the game. Like I couldn't, I, you know, living outside the city, I didn't get to see Bob and Junior, no, but, uh, I, I knew of them at the time. And I, and like that team relocated out of Brantford to, to Hamilton. Yeah. It was the Alexanders, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I didn't see Bob play junior, but, uh, I, I knew, I knew all about him though. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, there we go. The, uh, Best fight live. I love it. The uh, OHL brawls. Um, question four. Who over the years, who's somebody that you, you've done a 180 on? You used to hate them, but now you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm kind of a fan. Yeah. Um, this is uh, this is going back, but uh, I would say Bobby Clark. 
Like, I mean, uh, look at you. You're just hitting just every, you're hitting all the flyers tonight. All right. Here we go. Yeah. Like, and at least flyers had a huge rivalry when I was a little kid. And, uh, but yeah, when, when you see the kind of leader that Bobby was, um, at the time, you know, he, oh, I hate those flyers. You know, that, that was all consuming, but, uh, yeah, no, he was a great leader and, uh, and, uh, Maybe not such a great off-ice, you know. He had he had his runs with Lindros and whatnot as a general manager of the Flyers. But boy, when he was in Philly, he was a real leader. And uh, and uh, yeah, I I'd love for him to have played for my team. To put it that way, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think any fan, you know, yeah, like you said, right? I mean, the Flyers. There's that so much, especially yeah. with older fans like us, right? You know, when you go to the seventy, I mean, the Broad Street Bull. I, like I remember my old man just hating them, right? And like. You know, oh, Schultz yeah. and Clark and all that. Actually, he hated Clark more than anybody. But it would be the same thing, right? It's always like, yeah, damn, I wish he played for the Bruins, right? Like, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, I think, and I think everybody, that's probably the, the sentiment probably a lot of people have. So, but, uh, oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that was four. Number five, if you could go for beers with any hockey per- player, personality, whatever, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, it'd be Wendell Clark. That's an easy one. Oh, there you go. All right. I thought we were yeah, going to no, Yeah, that's that's my all-time favorite player, easily, hands down, uh, not even a contest. And he's a farm boy, you know. That just was always a natural. It was an easy easy for me to like, to love him as a player, you know, and then that on top of it just added layers. So, yeah, he's a he's a great great off-ice ambassador now for the Leafs. But, uh, no, I, that's the one guy for sure I'd love to go out for supper with or go to the bar with, get some wings, and, and, and get to know. That'd be, be awesome. There you go. I agree. Uh, all right. Oh, that was easy. All right. Well, this one will be a little tougher. Number six. Who in your mind are the top three Leaf Enforcers of all time? Leaf Enforcers? Yes. Oh, well, oh, cool. Uh, probably, uh, Ty Easley, uh, uh, number one, um, Tiger Williams. And, uh, third, that's, uh, probably Colt Nor. Yeah, that. In the, the the years were a little different there, but um, yeah, those, those three would be uh, the best and my favorite too, actually. Yeah, no, I would I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, it. Um, well, it's interesting. Like uh, Ti- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say Tiger. He uh, in his last couple of years with the Leafs, he was more of a of a, a grappler than a stand back and throw him. But he'd had his nose broke so many times and. And on the, in the early mid seventies, he had a lot of hard nights where, where he was fighting two and three nights at times a game, you know, and, uh, two or three different guys sometimes too. And, uh, he, uh, he stood in there, but, um, but yeah, no, Ty, uh, being oversized or, uh, undersized, always fighting the bigger guy. You know, those were two guys that were easy to love as a Leaf fan for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Well, and I think with Domi too, and I, I know you say he's your favorite and everything else. And I'm, I like Domi too. I'm a big fan of Ty's. Um, I think what often gets overlooked, cause I mean, Tiger, well, I think it gets overlooked with Tiger Williams too, is how good he was. I mean, that guy's one of the original power forwards. Like Tiger Williams is a hell of a hockey player. Yeah. He, he, uh, when he was, he was riding shotgun with Settler, he was, he was close to that 20 goal mark every year. Yeah. And yet here, here's in the box for 350, 320 minutes a, a year, you know? Um, but yeah, he could tap it in. Like he, it wasn't just tapping goals either. He was, he was a good hockey player for sure. He was. Yeah. And, I, and Ty, he maybe didn't put up as many goals, but Ty was a third line, uh, winger all, all day long because of his foot speed. Like he could get in on the four check 
and and uh, like he, he could play in the playoffs, you know, like the oh well, those guys don't play in the playoffs. Well, he could, and he contributed to those Pat Quinn teams. He was he was excellent, excellent uh, third line winger. Yeah, well, yeah, that was going to be my next point after the th- yeah, exactly after the Williams thing with, with Domi. I think Domi gets, um, I, yeah, he's I don't think he's he certainly doesn't get the credit. I think it's yeah, old Ty dummy, you know, and all this, and oh, he couldn't play. And it's like, oh yeah, no, he could play and he could skate. He was a really good, yeah. like you said, he was a really good skater. I mean, yeah, obviously, oh, yeah. you know, you know, his hand. Well, nonetheless, I'm looking at his stats here. He had 11 goal season, 13 goals, 15 goals, you know, and fighting everybody too. It's mm-hmm. not like you know we're out there on the first power play unit. So I mean, you know, those goals are even strength goals. We'll put it that way. So it's um, you but know, yeah, but yeah, he's a solid skater. His his hands would be. I'm sorry, I was going to say his hands would be sore all the time. Oh yeah, he never had a stretch. Where he had, uh, oh, well, let's give him two or three weeks off from fighting so he can get his, his knuckles feeling right. It was, oh no, we're going into Philly. So I got, I got Brashear and then I'm going, uh, you know, and it was just a list where every town, the next town is the next tough guy. So, yeah. No, absolutely. No, for sure. Um, where that was, what was that? That was six. Okay. Like I said, I got to ask number seven, who's the worst leaf enforcer of all time? Oh boy, uh, there's been some clunkers. Um, I have to have to think on this one for a minute. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to, don't like to disper, disparage anybody or, well, or crap on a guy, but uh, yeah. I, I wasn't a real big, I wasn't a real, real big fan of uh, of um, Nathan Parrott. He he was around there at the end with Belak and Domi, you know, at the end of the Quinn era, and. Uh, uh, just, yeah, I, I, uh, he, he, uh, yeah, not, not a favorite of mine. No, no, I don't, 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 never really liked Nathan. So, you know what? It's, um, yeah, it's, uh, the thing I never understood with Parrot is like, I, I remember cause I had DVDs and stuff. Um, cause he was an OHL guy. So, you know, and then, so I never really yep. saw much of him over here in the Western league, but then I would get IHL DVDs from the, like the late nineties. And he was on there playing in, in Indianapolis and in Cleveland. And then he was in the, the American League and he's putting up 100 minutes, 200 minutes. And he's in St. John's and one year he puts, you know, 276 minutes. And it's like, but then he gets to Toronto and it's like, he just doesn't fight. Yeah. And, and I don't understand what, uh, that's what got him there. And I never understood that why he would be, uh, he would turn down the odd fight and why they just, yeah. So. Um, and, and it wasn't anything to do with his play or anything else. I just, I just felt like at times he needed to, he needed to dig in a little deeper, I guess you'd say. So. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it was just, and it was just really weird. It, um, well, of course, as, I, well, here now, I'm, as, as I'm saying this, I go and look and it's like, apparently he fought like everybody. Cause I'm, I'm looking at, he had like 16 fights that year. Ah, that's funny. Uh, what do I know? <laughs> but, uh, well, and then, and that's same with me, man. It, it's 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 a while back, and that's a, right out of the blue question. But uh, it, you know, it's hard, like, because I respect the heck out of all those guys for yeah. for what they did, and, and you know. But it, yeah, if I had to pick one guy, I guess it would be, be Mr. Parrot. Yeah, I don't know what it. Yeah, I I guess I just have that mental block where I just kind of thought he didn't really fight much. Clearly, he did. So, pardon me, Nathan Parrot. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. yeah, I guess maybe I maybe I was just unimpressed at the time. Or, or whatever. I mean, I, I guess well, it's tough, right? When you've had like 
Domi and Belak and Baumgartner and all these guys, you know, coming through there, it, it's hard to it's hard to live up to that that reputation, right? And you're right. It could be just the case where I got a little bit spoiled with some of the quality of the the guys they had around Toronto taking care of things. And, uh, yeah, he just maybe just couldn't quite measure up to some of those guys. There there we go. Well, look at us. What do we know? All right. Well, there we go. (laughs) All right. Well, number eight, just in general, overall, uh, you know, because you've been, you know, like I said, we were on X and Facebook and there's always the, the message boards and the hockeyfights.com boards over the, over the years and fight fans get together and debate top tens and news the toughest, the news, whatever. Um, in your time, just thinking back on it, who did you always think was kind of like, as fight fans, we just kind of thought was, uh, he just kind of flew under the radar. Who's an underrated guy in your mind? Oh, ah. Well, I, this is, and maybe at the time because I was younger as well, um, but uh, a guy that I never thought got quite the credit, he played with the Bruins um, when they were the bat, you know, the big bad Bruins was Stan Jonathan. And I, I honestly think that he kind of gets, and maybe it's just I really liked him as a player too and, and as a fighter, but uh, I didn't think he maybe got the credit he deserved for, he was a lot like Domi, built the same smaller guy, and he was absolutely fearless. And boy, could he, you know, he could throw. We, we've talked about Stan before, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And I think when people look back, he do because he was, O'Reilly was there and John Winsink was there. And, you know, they had all kinds of guys that were in the lineup that would 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 scrap. And I think Stan got overlooked a little bit. I really do. That's an interesting answer. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like I, I, I have him just on the outside of the my personal top 10-ish. You yeah. Know, he's. That's the kind of respect I always have had for Stan. Yeah, well, and it's funny how just how similar like their paths were, just like their size, and of course both Peterborough play guys, right? So him and Domi, how they kind of just—I mm-hmm. remember Cherry going on and on about that with Ty and Jonathan and whatever and stature, you know, both smaller dudes and, um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, Jonathan was awesome. But yeah, you're right. I oh, guess yeah. when you think of the Bruins back then, it's like, you know, Winsick and O'Reilly. Well, O'Reilly's the big one, and then Winsick and you got Cashman and yeah. all them. And yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, Jonathan for sure. Yeah. It, uh, there you yep. go. Like, I, I, I would put him at his prime on par with, like, a, as far as fighting goes, better than all, all those guys. Like, I, I'd take him over, over O'Reilly. Like, Terry was out of control. Like, he just fought, like, punch, 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 punch. And, wide open and and he was entertaining and and then terry was a good like he had a couple i think 90 point seasons you know yeah. in there and, yeah. and he was a good player too but at the same time straight fighting i take stan over and and wincing too i i take i think i take stan over him so yeah i yeah i would too yeah now that i think about it yeah yeah but uh all right well and again on the other side of that um who do you think is overrated by the fight fans out Overrated. there. Overrated. Like, you hear these guys, they talk about it, and you're just like, man, I don't see it. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a tough one, too. Um, like, I, I here I am. I'm going back a long ways, too. But there there's always guys that were, you know, they weren't the guy, but they were the secondary. Yeah. And, and, like, you know how you had, uh, like, not that either one of these guys was, were, like, Probert Kosher, and then you'd get a guy in behind them kind of thing. And, I, I was never a big fan of Moose Dupont's with those Flyers teams either. He was uh, he was very selective, 
with his uh, fist, or I always felt that way. Maybe that's unfair to Moose, you know. And he played a long time, and he 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 fought a lot of guys as well. But I, I, I as far as straight fisticuffs go, I was never very impressed with him. Um, there again, I should be able to find somebody in the between you know 1975 and today here. Off the top of my head, though, you're putting me on the spot. I know. Well, no, I'm 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 digging the old school stuff, though. I mean, we, a lot of the guys that I have on, or you know, they throw out the the whatever you want to call it, the newer guys. So, no, I'm I'm digging the '70s answers, man. This is cool. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, something different. Well, and that that's just yeah. And part of that's all, like here here I'm talking with Bobby Clark and and uh, but they were the you know they were the guys that set the course for for enforcers and and tough physical intimidating hockey right and so i i always uh loved to watch the flyers hated the flyers and uh, maybe maybe that feeling about moose too is more of the fact that you know they he wouldn't afraid to rub your face in it you know if, if he could yeah. so but well, uh, yeah well, i can tell you from doing this a bunch of the guys that i've had on that have said one of the familiar answers has been nick fatio um i don't i don't i don't necessarily agree with that like i, I may have i guess he could have been overrated but the odd time he would light a guy up and he had fast hands and uh, from a pure fighting standpoint, I, yeah, I could see that too though. I, yeah. Cause I, it, I guess I could see that where guys were. Well, cause, the, cause like it, when he went out to no, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say when he went out to Calgary, he was at the end of his career pretty yeah. much, but he, he came in there with a lot of swagger. And I, I think at that point he'd, you know, the, the ship had sailed kind of thing on Nicky Fatio, but he, he passed his prime, but, uh, um, there was a stretch there when he was at the Rangers. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was overrated at all. Actually, I think he was legit. But that's just me. Well, yeah. I, well, I think what the knock was, it was never about his fighting ability. It, it wasn't that. I think it was more a lot of like, there was a lot of square off and nothing ever happening. That's kind of what was going on. Yeah. And it was like he didn't really. Yeah. And he, like the fight card was a little, uh, you know, a little lacking. And, you know, and again, I don't think anybody was questioning his fighting ability because when he decided to, he was good at it for sure. But I think it was more yeah. just the, the lack of a fight card, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. So, And maybe being a little more selective than he needed to be. Yeah, I could see that, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, that's like we said, we're all just, yeah, we're just all throwing shit around here, folks. Let's, you know, whatever. But uh, while we're at, we, we've come to the end, we're at question number 10. And here we go. Well, this is going to lead into my other topic with you because obviously you're a big Leaf fan. But here we go. The people need to know from Farmer Rob's lips the prediction: Are the Leafs going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Uh, I hope they win the Stanley Cup, but no, they're not going to win the Stanley Cup, Darren. I uh, I've been cheering for them for over 50 years, and they find a different way to disappoint me every single year. I am, however, optimistic that they will make a little better showing and have a better run than they have in, say, the last five or six years. Yep. Um, I uh, I didn't have any faith in them accomplishing anything with their former general manager, I guess you would say, where I think uh, I think Trey Living has made a, uh, a good first impression on me with some of his signings over the summer, and I do have some hope that there are still holes on the blue line. And uh, I, I think he might be able to solve that, maybe. But uh, but I still don't see them winning a the cup, no, Darren. Were I, were you happy? Well, this is kind of a loaded question. This is a fight show. But were you happy with Reeves getting Reeves? Oh, oh, for sure I was. For yeah. sure, that's that's a no brainer. Um, 
I I knew he was a free agent. He's been uh, uh, unrestricted a couple of different times, and of course the Leafs never showed any interest in him. And then I'd heard these rumblings that oh yeah, you know maybe and leading up to the free agency period, and I thought ah, I'll believe it when I see it. And yeah, no, they signed him. So, um, and I know he's he's older, but he's still I guess you'd say the as as good or as tough as there is, I guess. Now. Yeah. Yep. So I'm I'm very happy with him there. Yep. There you go. Wow. Um, just just for a quick a quick story. I think it was two maybe three seasons ago. It might have been sometime in a you know, like middle of February, and some guy gave John Tavares a goal in behind the net, uh, cross checked him at the top of the pants, just absolutely tattooed him, and they all just stood there and looked at each other, and then just skated off. And I I remember at the time I probably watched four games after that, five maybe three. You know, I just could. I just thought that they're not going to go anywhere. Here's your captain getting absolutely molested, and they just they just never did anything. And uh, so, anyway, I, I with with Reeves there now, and you know the new age fans. Oh, he will, he won't play, and he won't be on the ice, and else. But he's there, and he's hanging over the boards, even if he's not on the ice, and he's letting that guy know that the next shift out, I'm, I'm going to be looking for you. And say what you want, that still is a part of hockey. It yep. really is. Yep. Yeah, well, we've always said a bunch of that. Well, I've said it at nauseum on this show and, you know, obviously over the years on social media. But I think what happened with guys like Reeves and, like, the New Age fans and, like, all the analytics and everything else, I think why these guys are also so hated by these analytics people is you can't put a number on them. Like, there's no way to no. quantify their importance. Cause it's like, and, cause, and if no. you say it's like it's a room thing and it's an attitude thing, they oh yeah room, uh, you know, and they you know and they laugh because they don't get it because one they've never done it so they have no idea, you know, whatever these little calculator yeah. geeks. But it's like, yeah, like you said, the attitude that these guys bring, you can't put a figure on or an, a stat on it. No, no, and and it isn't that he's going to go out and grab a hold of their best player or their captain and lay a beating on them, but the, but it still is a deterrent. And, and and it might not be the same as it was, you know, in the 80s or, or pre, what do you call the instigator rule, but at the same time, it's 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 still a very strong deterrent, having the toughest, best fighter in the league on the bench and, and, and part of the team and in the game. You know, even if it is only, say, six, eight minutes, five minutes a night, he's still there, and it's, yeah, it'll keep some guys honest, and that's they, they needed that badly. For since Colton Orr left, to be honest. Yep. Well, and that was the thing. And I mean, I not I haven't been watching, but I know on social media somebody had a little kind of video of it was one of these guys that was kind of defending Reeves against all the Leaf haters that hated him. But it was like mm-hmm. it showed Reeves running around the first couple games here, smashing guys, you know, and he had the fight with mm-hmm. uh Wi Fi there, and then he had the fight with Felino after he drilled the guy coming through the middle and but it was like he goes and like he was saying, this is an element the Leafs haven't had in a long time. And it's like and afterwards he's getting the yep. crowd into it and he's yapping at the other team and it was like and on some people, oh yeah, it's WWF shit and whatever. Yeah, it's not the point though. It's like the Leafs needed that Mm-mm. a guy like that. Yeah. Um from a standpoint of as a fan, the only way that they would win a hockey game, oh obviously you outscore your opposition, you win the hockey game. But if they didn't outskill or out finesse the team, they didn't win. And so they had nothing else outside of that because they didn't have any sort of a physical game at all for the last five, six years at all. 
And, uh, you know, they picked Shen up at the la- end of last season and give me a little hope that, you know, I, I actually f- watched the playoffs a bit. But at the end of the day, they had no wingers that, that added much physicality for a long time. And uh, the Bertuzzi kid, he's not he's not some big heavyweight, but at least he gets his nose dirty. And, and on the forecheck, he don't mind, you know, he don't mind laying in the shoulder here and there. And uh, they really needed that a lot, so, like badly. Yeah. Badly. Yep. Well, one last thing before I let you go here, and I know because the Bissonette and Spit and Jiglets and all these guys have talked about it. As far as like the Matthews, Marner, Nylander, that's kind of the big three. Would you, mm-hmm. would you, would you move one of them if it was you, if you were um, the GM? I coming into this season, I, I would have said, yeah, I'd have moved one of the wingers, either Marner or Nylander. Probably Nylander, just some of the things you see you don't like. Having said that, the cap's going up a bit, and. Um, they might be able to squeeze them in and it's hard to guy, find guys that scores 40, 50 goals a year, you know, or Marner puts maybe only scores 25, but he puts up a hundred points. Um, there again, though, they, their blue line isn't good enough. So if you want to add, you want to change the complexion of your team, probably, yeah, probably one of those wingers has to go. That, that's, that's, you're not going to trade Matthews. I mean, there's only so many guys have ever played the game, get 60 goals, right? Yep. Maybe this year he has an outside chance at 70 if he stays healthy. Uh, he got his money. He's going to get his – he's always – that player is always going to get paid. Um, and he's not going anywhere now if he's – you know, he's he wants to stay in Toronto. So probably I'd I'm, – I'm rambling here, Dan. Didn't mean to start no, in good, this. No. I would be – I'd be looking at all options to improve the blue line. There again, uh, I've heard it said, and I maybe tend to agree, maybe you ride them out this year get what you can out of them. And if like say Nylander or, or Marner decide they don't want to resign well, you take that cap space and you, you just go out and sign the best defenseman you can. So I, 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 that's, that's my take on it anyway, but there you go. You heard it here, folks. I have no idea. So I'm going right to the, the biggest leaf fan I know. So I, <laughs> there we go. We're, I'm getting the, getting the skinny, but uh, well, there we go. There were 10 rapid fire questions. And and your leaf well, uh, your for, your leaf forecast. So you're, what you're saying is you're not planning the parade route just yet. No, the I, another thing I didn't mention. I don't think the goaltending is Stanley Cup caliber. If if you had the pair of guys, the two guys they have now, and you have a really strong six man defensive unit, the D, D unit. I mean, yeah, they might be might get you there, but. And then their their blue line has no physicality, and they're I don't think they're good enough. So that, I I come from the school where you build from the net out. Yep. And then you go up the middle, and you get you get three strong centermen after you got your D built, and then you go from there. And this team was built from the top down, and I I I don't think I've ever seen it work before. So we'll see if it does. Well, like you said, it hasn't worked yet. So no. You know. You know. Um, like, like I said, though, I am encouraged with some of the moves, and I do think there's a chance this team can make a deep run. Like, can go deeper, you know, get get into the semis, maybe. I, you know, and anything's possible at that point if you're healthy yep. and whatnot. But uh, I don't, like I said, I think they'll probably find a way to disappoint me again, Darren. So. <laughs> well, we'll see. Maybe I'll have you at the end of the year. We'll get the uh, year review from you too. So, but uh... what I love, what I ever love to be wrong. Put it that way. I hope that you call me up in the spring and say, ha, I'll, I'll eat it. I'll be happy to, Darren. Well, I, w- I was going to say, I, and it was funny because Alec and I have talked about this. I think I might have even said this on the air. 
Um, to be completely honest, like I said, I don't watch. It doesn't matter to me who wins or whatever. But I got a couple guys at work and whatever. I said, I feel bad because I love it when the Leafs lose. I've always hated the Leafs. I can't stand them. They've had players I've liked. I like Domi and Wendell and all that, of course. But it's like, I love it when the Leafs lose. I said, but I actually said on the air, somebody could quote me. I said, the only person I feel bad for is Farmer Rob. (laughs) And I said, that's the only time I feel bad for hating on the Leafs because he wants them to win so bad. And I said, that's the only time I feel bad about it. Other than that, no, watching Matthews get punched in the face and sitting there and laughing and not doing anything. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, do something. Like, oh, he just drives me nuts. I don't know. Great player, but holy yeah, shit, I can't good. believe how soft he is. For how big he is, too. It's yeah. like, come on, man. And, and you got to play, you got to play big in. He's got to play different than that or they, they, you know, he's a leader and you can't lead a team doing that. No, you can't. It's just, but, visually, uh, it just looks so bad. It's just, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, and like, nope. oh, well. well there yeah. we have. It's well documented there. It is, it is. There we go. But yes, I will definitely, we're not going to take four years between appearances. I will definitely have Yamba again before then. But I want to thank you for coming on and, and, and doing this. I really appreciate it. It was great to uh, get back in touch with you and talk to you. And uh, yes, we will certainly do this sooner rather than later again. Thanks for having me on, Darren. I appreciate it. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 